Good morning. It's good to see you all and uh, thankful that you're here today. Um, we have sung, uh, we have sung a, a lot of songs and uh, beautiful songs, songs that uh, hopefully have focused your heart and encouraged you about the things of God. We've sung, uh, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. I love that song. I, I love the old one. I love the new one. Uh, if they write another one in 10 years, I'll, I'll, I'll probably like that one because I love the idea that, that I am saying, I understand that he's the one I'm following and I, I'm, I'm committed to that and that's what I want to be doing. Um, and I, I want to be doing that and, and no turning back, no turning back, no, no second guessing, no uh, reloading and uh, I'm not a swing voter, you know, I'm not changing. I, I'm, I'm one that's committed. Um, and I hope that as, as you sing that, your heart uh, is that as well, that that's where you want to be. That's who you are. You're one who's committed to being a follower of Jesus Christ. Follower. That's who we are. Uh, we're ones who follow after Jesus Christ. Today we're going to look at a passage uh, of some of the followers of Jesus Christ, his disciples. And uh, hopefully, uh, as we spend our time together, you'll be encouraged, um, maybe in a different kind of way. Most of the time, we're encouraged uh, when people tell us that we're the best and that we can do anything. Um, maybe that's not exactly the way this message is going to go today, okay? I just want to warn you about that. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you uh, from His Word, starting at verse 30. Matthew chapter 26, verse 30. God's Word says this, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep, the flock, will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went uh, with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And talking with him, uh, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began, uh, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Uh, remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came, uh, came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. 
The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for a second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, uh, he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See that my betrayer is at hand. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would direct our thoughts now. May they not be our own, but they may be your thoughts, and may they change our heart. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. For those of you uh, taking notes this morning, I apologize. Um, I don't have a great outline. It's just thoughts as we walk through the passage this morning. We start out in verse 30. It's a transition from one place to another. If you were here last week, we were at the Last Supper, the upper room, and uh, they were sharing this meal together. And he explained once again of his body and uh, his body being the bread and uh, his blood being the cup, the cup of the new covenant that he was making with them. And and this is what they shared in. And at that meal, he, he spoke of one who was going to betray him. And they all kind of looked around and said, well, it's not going to be me. And, you know, it probably isn't. It's not me, is it? You know, and they kind of looked around. Um, and where we are now, we move from that scene. Um, they sing a hymn, which was probably a, a typical closing of a Passover meal. And then they went uh, out to the Mount of Olives. We see in verse 31 uh, that Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says, he says to them, you will all fall away. You will all fall away. Uh, he speaks to the same group um, and, and he says to them, you're all going to fall away. You're all going to fall away. And once again, um, he gives them a message, not of victory to them, but he says, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. This idea of falling away is the idea of maybe getting tripped up and even the idea of backing away. And, and differently than maybe you would hear it, he says not that um, you will fall away from Jesus, but because of Jesus. Consider that uh, this morning, that, that he calls on them and he says, you're going to fall away because of me. And, and this idea is that what's going to happen now is going to be so difficult for them to participate in that they will all fall away. Uh, as, as you think about the time frame here, uh, it's no longer years, months, days. It's hours uh, till the, the crucifixion and how, how all this passes, that this is now within this 24-hour period. And they're struggling still to get their head around that it's happening now. Um, as we consider this, he shares with them that in this, verse 31, you will all fall away because of me this night. 
This night, it's happening right now. In fact, it connects it to a, a prophecy of the Old Testament from Zechariah. I will strike the shepherd, meaning Jesus, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Uh, this is what Jesus shares with them. He pictures for them. This is what's going to happen next. How would you respond uh, if Jesus were to say that? We've just sung, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And in their hearts, they were there. That's what they were saying. And yet Jesus says, you will fall away. You will walk away. You will back away from me as a person. And as, as they were thinking about this, this is the response. And it's, it's difficult because I can picture myself saying some similar things. As Jesus said this, uh, he also told them part of the plan, probably a greater part of the plan in verse 32. I don't know if you catch it, but he says, but after I am raised up, after I'm raised up, he's giving them the plan over and over again. He's sharing with them the details. I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised again. And, and that, that part of being raised again, uh, that must have been so difficult for them to get. You're going to see an elephant fly. Um, in the next few days, you're gonna you're, you're gonna see. Uh, you know, he's describing to them something they've never participated in, and he's telling them about his death, but also his resurrection, that he's gonna be raised from the dead, and he he says this is what's gonna happen. Um, he's giving them the plan so that after when it unfolds, they will get it uh, as they see it happening. Peter. Uh, then in verse 33, we get his response to this uh, sharing that Jesus said, this is what's going to happen next. And we probably all can relate to this quite a bit. It's Peter's overestimation of himself. Uh, most of the time, uh, we like to think that we're awesome. We, we love a good award, trophy, if you will. How many of you still have a trophy at your house that you won doing something? Come on, come on. Some of you are like, no, it's at my mom's house. It's, got a, it's displayed in a prominent area, uh, you know. Uh, unfortunately, most of those trophies that we, uh, it was fourth grade. And most of us are a long time away from fourth grade. Um, the, the problem with uh, success is this, that it may be at a point in time. It may be something that happened. But it's what it does to us afterwards because we keep pointing back to it and we keep saying, yeah, I did this. Yeah, it was great one moment. Uh, and Peter, uh, he considers who he is and this is what he says to Jesus. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Won't be me. Maybe you even think of that this morning. You look around and you go, there's a lot of flakes here at Bear Valley Church. A lot of people who can't take the heat, but it's not going to be me. Even if all else, uh, uh, every other one fall away, it won't be me. And, and this is Peter's statement. And, and amongst the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they, he, he says this, he goes, even if all of these other losers that I've been walking with, even if all of these fall away, I will not fall away. As Jesus interacts with him in his overestimation of himself, 
He says, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Uh, Peter had this grand statement of his commitment to Jesus, him, he, him being a follower. And Jesus says, this night, once again, this night, time frame, a couple hours. We're going to get it. This is going to happen in the next hours. This night, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Three times. You look at that and you go, what? Peter blew up his own balloon. And Jesus goes, and the air goes out. And, and, and Peter, uh, as many of us do, we would go, it can't happen. It, it, there's no way that this is going to come about this way. It, it, it won't happen that way. Even if all else, I never will. In fact, he even doubles down and Peter declares, verse 35, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Peter, uh, hearing of this death, and maybe even he got the point that it might happen in the next days, they all struggled with this idea of death for Jesus. They, they kind of pushed it off and thought to themselves, and even we're going to see some of that, that, those ideas play out, that somehow they were going to save Jesus from this death. But Peter connects and he says, look, uh, if you're going to die, I, I'm going to die too. And, and I would do that before I would deny you. And Jesus says, no, no. In fact, uh, there's going to be this rooster that's going to help mark this for me in your life that you're going to hear the rooster crow. And that's going to remind you of those. Th- and prior to that, you'll deny me three times. Wow, what a powerful thing. They pictured in the night and really in the early morning hours a rooster crow. Some of you have roosters. You even live in Bear Valley and have roosters. It's terrible, terrible, terrible injustice. Um, but uh, roosters, it's this idea that in those morning hours the, that that will signal uh, the beginning of the day. And they pictured that. And Jesus says, this rooster is going to mark for you your own failure, your own weakness. Uh, how this goes, and I think uh, you're connecting the dots even as we do this. Peter says, not me, even to death. And Jesus says, yes, you, yes, you, even three times. Remember the rooster. And then uh, the other disciples, I love the end of that because uh, um, verse 35, he says, and all the other disciples said the same. Peter was the one with the loud mouth, the quick tongue, the quick mind. He says, you know, I, I, I'm going to die before this happens. And the other disciples go, yeah, what he said. I'm with him, just, just like he said. I, I'm with him. This isn't going to happen to us. This is an overestimation of self. I want to connect the dots in a song that we've sung. I've already mentioned it. I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. But what does it say? Christ is enough for me. If Christ isn't enough for you, it doesn't matter what your commitments are. It doesn't matter what you're trusting in. 
Because Christ is the place where there's strength enough for us to follow after Jesus. And if Christ hasn't gone before us, and if Christ isn't giving us all that we need, we won't be able to follow Jesus. And in the temptation of the moment, in the uh, heat of the battle, we will turn back. We will uh, renegotiate. We will uh, calibrate another course um, and turn the other way. We move from here uh, and we see Jesus taking a time for prayer. Verse 36. Time for prayer. And Jesus went with his disciples to a, a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here a while while I go over there and pray. He tells his disciples, uh, it's time for prayer. And I'm going to pray. You, you here, you're here. I'm going to go over there. And it says also that he took three of them with him. Peter, and James, and John, the sons of Zebedee. But it also says this in verse 38, 37. <coughs> Excuse me. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. It should stand out to us in his humanity that Jesus uh, has these human emotions of, of sorrow and grief and who's troubled in his soul. I want to tell you that this is part of what Hebrews tells us, that he is not one that can't sympathize with us in the plights of life. That you look at Jesus and he was grieved and sorrowful. His heart was heavy, if you can say it that way, uh, as ours is sometimes. In verse 38, it says this, Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. What Jesus is doing, he's taking his friends, his disciples, his followers, and even those closest to him, Peter, James, and John. And he says, I'm grieved, I'm overwhelmed. I, this is uh, coming to this amazing climax of my life. Be with me here and participate in prayer uh, as I, I prepare for this amazing time. And it says in verse 39, going a little further, farther, uh, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed. This idea of falling to his ha uh, face, and the other Gospels share a little bit more of the detail, but this is anguishing prayer. This is uh, heart poured out, uh, overwhelmed at the, the gravity of the moment. Jesus pours out his... And I, I want you to get this. I want you to get this because I think it's important. Uh, the Father and the Son are communicating uh, they're communicating in prayer. There's, there, there's sweet fellowship between them. There's no barriers at all. There, and the son is pouring out his heart to the father in anguish on his face. And you say, well, why the anguish? Why, why the anguish? Is, and, and we quickly say, well, he's going to die. He's going to die. He anticipates his death. But I think if you just say he anticipates his death, you're missing the point. Uh, many people die. Many people die. In fact, there are people who know they're going to die. Uh, whether by health or by execution, 
They know they're going to die. And they maybe don't show this kind. But, but to see this, this is what's so important that I think in this passage, as you consider what Jesus is overwhelmed by, he knows the Father's plan. What is the Father's plan? To redeem sinners. It's not just his death that's the big deal. It's that he is going to bear the weight, bear the weight of the sins of the world. Think about that right now. And as Jesus understood that, his disciples did not. Uh, we're, we're still a little fuzzy on even the whole death and that he's going to be raised again. We're, we're still fuzzy on how that's all going to come together. Jesus, in anguish, anticipating giving his life the ransom for many, he's overwhelmed and grieved and uh, overcome. And so he goes with that heart, that heavy heart, to his father. And he says this, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. <coughs> what he asks for is this. Uh, is there any other way? Is there any other way? And we know from the events that follow and from his repeated asking that there was no other way to redeem mankind. We'll come back to this, but think about that right now. Uh, he, he asked for another way, and there wasn't one. And so he, he, he says this, which we've heard this over and over again, maybe uh, it's very familiar with it. He, he asked the Father if there's any other way, way but then he said, yet not, not as I will, but as you will. Not my, what I'm thinking, not my plan, but the Father's plan. And we see there the Father's plan being worked out in the Son. Um, you, you'll see this throughout the New Testament, that the plan of redemption is the Father's plan. And what makes it so beautiful is that his plan is worked out as he gave his son, his special son for you and for me. So the son now is going to the father and he says, Father, is there any other way in this plan? But not my will, yours be done. The son obeys the will of the father. I want to tell you that uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to obey his plan is to embrace his plan for you. It's to do what he wants you to do. It's not about your plan. And, and so often we like to say, oh, I have my plans, but, you know, and God did something different. I wish he would have listened to my plan and not, not done his own plan. And I want to tell you that super, uh, like, like we don't get it when we say things like that. Because even the son of God, God come in the flesh, Jesus himself, the Christ. He, he followed not his own plan, but the Father's plan. How much more for me and you? How much more for us to say, I will do what you want me to do. I will look at situations. I will think a certain way because that's the way you want me to think. I will take steps because that's what I think you want me to do. When we disobey, when we chart our own course, we're foolishly thinking that somehow... We have a better way uh, than Jesus had. We have a better way than the Father had. Even Jesus followed the Father's plan. As we look at this, uh, we, see, we see Jesus 
embracing the plan, the no other way. Uh, he, he embraces it knowing that it's even going to mean his death, but even more than his death, him bearing the weight of each of our sins. Well, um, from there we get this picture of weakness displayed. His soul was overwhelmed. Uh, he calls on his friends to stay and watch with him. And then he prays. And then in verse 40, uh, he returns to his disciples and found them sleeping. Sleeping. Now, some of you sleep in church. You know who you are. You actually, your wife knows who you are. She elbows you from time to time. We all know what it is to fall asleep. Um, we had uh, these young men here, some of these young men here at our house, and they stayed up too late, and they had to take naps in the afternoon. Naps, you know who you are. Um, you get tired. It's, it's natural. It's a, but there, there's this idea that if something's really important and really exciting, you can, you can hold it together, right? And as we look at this passage, we see... Uh, that, that Jesus calls on his friends, overwhelmed, grieving. He, he says, calls on his friends, come, be with me, be with me, watch with me, pray with me. Uh, and then in verse 40, uh, we see the outcome of that. He came to his disciples and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Couldn't even make it an hour? He says this important thing, verse 41. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's interesting he addresses Peter. I'm sure James and John heard the same thing, unless they were really zonked out. Uh, he wakes Peter and he says, you know, uh, be careful, be careful. Watch, you've got to be on duty. You got to be on. You got to be the one who's who's taken your spot, your gun. I thought that was funny, duty, huh, son? Uh, you all right? Uh, there's this thing that goes on over and over again. Some of us never grow up, son. Even where it's funny. Uh, as James and John and Peter were called on their friends. They said, stay with me, be with me. Uh, and he says, temptation, that this is the answer to your temptation. That you would, would watch and pray that you'd be engaged. And this is the difficulty for us, is that we say, oh, life's no big deal. I don't have anything going on. I, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. I don't need to pray. I, I'm not uh, in a dangerous situation. And Jesus comes to them and he says, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Your prayer life, that you would be engaged, that you would be ready for the battle. This is uh, where you need to be. This is, you need to be on your guard. It's hard for us because uh, we say, oh, oh, there are times when life is dangerous, but most of it, it's just no big deal. Jesus calls on Peter and he says, Watch and pray. Watch and pray. And then he says this very important thing for us all to get. The spirit is willing, but 
the flesh is weak. Who is Peter? Oh, yeah, he's that guy, right? He had just said moments, well, hour and 15 minutes earlier. I don't know. I don't know how, what the time frame was. He had just made the big statement. Do you remember what it was? I will die. I will die before I fall away from you. I am not one of the weak ones. I'm the strong one. In fact, I'm stronger than all these other guys that are with me. I'm stronger. Than, I will not do this. I will not be the one, Jesus. I'll be with you. And Jesus says, couldn't even make it an hour praying? Couldn't even make it an hour? You see, for you, Peter, the Spirit was willing. Like, you, you were able to make the big statement, but your flesh was weak. And, and this is what I want to get at right here before we move on too far. Uh, it's so important. Uh, for, I, I want to be the one to tell it to you. Maybe no one else will tell it to you. You are a weak person. You are not strong. You can't do it. Let that sit with you for a moment. Uh, you say, well, I'm not going back to this church. Fine. May it be the last message you hear. Uh, you are weak. You are weak. And if Peter were here this morning, I'd look him in the eye and say, Peter, you are weak. And if Peter were smart, he would look back at me and say, so are you. And that'd be true as well. Not able. We are not able. And, and you'd think that Jesus had said all these things, these exciting things are happening. Jesus is making all these big statements about uh, the things that are coming, and they're coming quickly. And, and Peter would go, I got to stay. This is getting exciting. I don't want to miss anything. I want to be where God wants me to be. And he falls asleep. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Peter's weakness was displayed. And if that wasn't enough, um, verse 42, he went away a second time and prayed, My father, uh, Jesus, he says this same thing, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They're just tired. Couldn't make it. So Jesus prays, comes. He, he challenges them. He goes back again, finds them asleep again. He goes back a third time, a third time. So verse 44, so he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time saying the same thing. Uh, get, get this, the theme of Jesus' prayer was this. Is there any other way? Is there any other way? Because it's overwhelming to think of bearing the, the sins of the whole world. And so he, he's, he's taking on this huge burden in prayer. He's going to the Father, and he's calling on his best friends to be with him. Some of us think we're best friends. Some of us think, you can count on me. I'll be there when you need me to be there. I'm one you can count on. Peter said that to Jesus, and then he fell asleep. And this didn't even get to the place where the rooster crows, right? We're not even there yet. 
He can't even stay awake. This isn't denying him. It's falling asleep on him. Weakness displayed again. I want to say it this way. Jesus stands alone in prayer. He's the only one. He's bearing, he, he's considering the weight of what he's going about to do. And he goes before the Father with his request. And guess what? He does it alone. Why? Because nobody else can stand with him. No one else will stay awake with him. What an amazing picture of the failure of man. And, and I would say it this way. Uh, if we have him like this, the weakness of man and the power and strength of Jesus side by side. Man fails miserably. Jesus continues the plan of God courageously heading to the cross. Which is where we end. The time has come. Verse 45. Then he returns to his disciples and said to them, Are you sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Courageously, Jesus marches to the cross. He knows what's coming next. He knows that he is going to, but he courageously, you, you know, I get this picture. Um, as they see the men coming, as they see it coming to fruition, it's as if they take a step forward. Rise, let's get ready. It's coming. Uh, when you see the men coming, it's time to run, right? They were out, man. But no, there's time to step forward. And he says, I, I, the time has come. I'm going to the cross. And why? For me and for you. For me and for you. When you think about that, you go, Jesus went to the cross. Uh, yeah, he got arrested. But <laughs> if they wouldn't have come and arrested him, he would have went and knocked on their door and said, here I am. My time has come. Jesus courageously walks to the cross to give his life for me and for you. I believe this uh, passage tells us a lot about the gospel. The gospel hasn't happened yet. Jesus is there before them. He hasn't gone to the cross. He hasn't risen from the dead. But I, I want to give you uh, three gospel teachings that are ho hopefully good for us and helpful as we consider what it is to be a follower of Jesus. The first one is this. The weak who think they are strong are weak. Okay? The weak who think they are strong are weak. I realize that's not very profound, but th this is what we do. This is what we do. Uh, we have that feeling of weakness, and we say, oh, I'm going to act like I'm strong. I'm going to act like I'm strong. I'm going to make a big statement. Might sound a lot like Peter's. Not me. I'll, I'll die before I fall away from you. But we make a big statement. We are weak, but we make a big but we're still weak, right? We're still weak. We're still needy. This morning, if you get something, it's this, that we're weak and needy. Uh, we're needing someone and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Second point. Um, as we look, and this is all about the gospel. P 
Peter shows his need for Jesus. His ongoing need for Jesus, I would even say it that way. Second point is Jesus did it all without the help of man. Jesus did it all without the help of man. What a, what a picture in the garden. He, he asked them to pray with him. They fall asleep. Uh, G, that, that's how this thing goes. We fail him all the time. But Jesus did it all without the help of man. This is the gospel. It's Jesus plus nothing, right? It, it, it's not that, yeah, I, I kind of helped him out and I partnered with him and, you know, he, he gave me a little boost up and then I did the rest on my own. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. It's Jesus did it all. And lastly, I, I want to say it this way. There was no other way. There was no other way. That the gospel that Jesus was living out at this moment and about ready to accomplish, it, it's the one-way gospel. There's no other way. I know we struggle. I know we look at, at the nations and the many religions of this world, and I, I know that we struggle with, hey, maybe there's another way. If there could have been another way, the Father would have done it in the Son. Jesus begged for it. He went back at maybe for three hours, okay? This idea that, that Jesus was going and he was agonizing in prayer and he was calling out to the Father for another way. And guess what? There was no other way. So Jesus, you know what he did? He did the will of the Father and went to the cross, rose again for me and for you. There's only one way. If there could have been another way, the Father would have provided it because of His love for the Son. It's a one-way gospel. And I want to encourage you today. Uh, some of you say, well, boy, that was, that was a rough message today at Bear Valley Church. What was our pastor thinking? I want to tell you, this is a message of freedom. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to try to be awesome. It's exhausting. It, this idea that I can do it on my own, that's exhausting. And, and it's, it's kind of living in a fantasy land anyways, right? And that's what makes it so exhausting. You got to keep telling yourself, no, really, I, I got it going. No, really, I'm okay. And there's an exhaustion to that, and there's a freedom from saying this, I'm a weak person in need of the Savior every day. But there's only one gospel. It's the one that I embrace, and it's not the one that I accomplish. It's the one that Jesus accomplished on my behalf when he went to the cross. This is what it is to be free in Jesus. This is what it is to be his, a follower of Christ. Hope today that you've decided to follow Jesus, but not on your own. That Christ is enough for you. That He's the one who gives you the power to live each day. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning, the blessing of being before your word, the amazing picture of your son Jesus and his dealings with his disciples. God, as we seek to be followers of your son Jesus as well, Lord, I ask that you would uh, cause us to humbly come before you as weak people, knowing our need, knowing that we fail you all the time. 
knowing that there's forgiveness inside your son. God, help us. Help us to embrace this gospel message. Help us to embrace the one-way gospel. God, and if there are any here today that don't know you, I pray that this would be their day, that they'd abandon their old paths and their old ways, and they would begin to follow after your son Jesus, embracing his, uh, his sacrifice that he went to the cross on their behalf, not trusting in our own works, but trusting in the finished work of the cross. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.